Mates Rates is kind of a staple at the moment on the Reading comedy scene, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. How long have you... Okay, so what made you want to start it up in the first place? Well, so, you know, it originally was a Sunday afternoon comedy show. It certainly was, yeah. On top of a meat restaurant in Reading. <laughs> uh, and, it, and uh, but, well, basically... Uh, I wanted to start a gig like everyone does selfishly to get some emceeing experience. Yeah, and that's, it, that's also, the best way to do it. Yeah, but, but also I kind of wanted to, I kind of thought, well, what does the scene need? Mm. Um, and I really liked the, well, it comes from swing dancing actually. So I do swing dancing and there was this event I did every Sunday called Sunday Swing mm. where everyone would come and they'd go out and dance on a Sunday afternoon. And it was a really nice space. And I thought, well, let's, let's see if we can do that with comedy. Okay. What got you into swing dancing? How long have you been doing that for? Uh, well, I've been doing that much longer than I've been into comedy. I've been doing that about um, four years. Okay. Uh, uh, basically, I just had an existential crisis, decided I need a hobby. Uh, <laughs> swing dance. That's amazing. Well, yeah. So my, the trajectory of my life goes... Um, political activist and communist to like 2015 mm-hmm. then existential crisis following 2015 general election okay uh, and then um swing dancing for about four years mm. and now i still do that but uh now it's more the comedy is more at the front and then the swing dancing is just a very nice hobby okay so how often do you how often do you do swing dancing uh well um before lockdown um, I do about once a month, but there was a time where you know, there are these things called swing exchanges. So you know, like when you were a kid. So dirty, man. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> no, that's a well, that's the blues dancers. The blues, there's the blues are notorious for having orgies. But um, sw- swing, Lindy Hop is is very un, um, very unsexy. It's where you go to like, it's where you go to dance with someone else's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Have a nice dance and then give them back, and there is no sexual tension at all. Oh. It's just it's just a nice wholesome thing. But so swing exchange, it, it, um, you know, like uh, you know, you have foreign exchange trips mm-hmm. as a kid. It's like that, but you go live with a dancing family in another city, and then you just go dancing for like three days. Wow, I you learn something new every day i had no idea that shit like that went on yeah yeah it's, it's like an adventure well so where's the furthest that you've been with that well when i did edinburgh fringe um i spent yeah. half of it doing comedy and half of it swing dancing okay when did you do fringe why well, i've gone last two years so 2019 and 2018 but as an as an audience member not putting on a show uh, I did. I did like two spots uh, each time, both years. You didn't. You didn't ask me for a spot, did you? Or did you? Or uh, I didn't know you had a show, but also, yeah, I, I was quite. I was quite happy though to to do the dancing and do. I, I wasn't like I want to hit as many spots as possible because I was uh, thinking that there's when you when you do it, you've got an opportunity to enjoy it before it just becomes another another work thing, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I want to cherish this and just spend as much time as possible enjoying it. Mm. And then in 2020, which obviously has been cancelled, I'll then do something. Well, 2022 now, that's what they're trying to say, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we might not even do it now. It might be all about summer shows now. Yeah. Make, some, make some money. 
Yes. <laughs> so, mates rates, is it still, is the Sunday thing? Oh, how bad, you know, that's not the question I was going to ask you. Like, how did it work on a Sunday? How did it go? Yeah, so shall I, shall I go back to, so, um, so I wanted to start this event. I, I thought that's a great time space. Yeah. Uh, and it's for, basically it was for middle class liberal people liberal middle class single liberal people who live in reading and kind of like that alternative stuff mm-hmm. but there wasn't anything for that going around uh, uh that wasn't deliberately what i set out for it to be but that's kind of what it ended up accommodating okay. um and and yeah it's like well there's no comedy at this time so we can get a better standard of headliner for a cheaper price mm-hmm. uh, no, people from london will do it um because and you'll get good people because no one else is doing that spot. And and I was really keen to also make it 50% women. That was something okay. I was, because I listened to a lot of the guilty feminists and that made me yeah. feel guilty. So, <laughs> Deborah will do that to you, won't she? My gosh. <laughs> she implants it in your soul, doesn't she? But um, and people, like, she'll, she's open for discussion as well. So it's not like she's ramming it down your throat, as, as so to speak. She's, She'll listen to people with different opinions. With different opinions, sir. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I haven't listened to. I mean, I listened to it obsessively for like a year mm. um, when I didn't have much work to do, uh, <laughs> and I was working from home a lot. Mm. Uh, and then, and then I think I just got a bit, a bit uh, like a bit debrid out. Uh, not, <laughs> I mean, she's <laughs> she's obviously great at the podcast. She's incredible, but you know, I think I just listened to it too intensely for a bit. But mm. I was after doing that. I thought I need to make this fifty. I need to make an effort at least. Mm. Um, so yeah and and yeah it works really well i mean we got i mean look, i've got i know a lot of people in reading so that helps That's a lot good. because yeah so, so to start with it was just it. swing dancers it was just the audience was entirely swing dancers oh my god jesus all right carry on yeah it was the most middle class thing in the world like it was ridiculous but yeah to start because they i mean there's basically through dancing mm-hmm. there's a group of there's a community of people in reading Mm. who know and are very supportive of everything I do. And okay. so to start with, they just kept coming out for me. And then wow. I was really serious about the marketing. And, and that, luckily that meant that it became self-sustaining very quickly. Mm. And it was, it was a good show as well. Wow. So if you work hard on marketing, put on a good show, then, then you, you'll, you, know, you can build it. Mm. So how long did that run for? Exactly a year. Exactly a year. Okay. Yeah. So when did you start it and when did it end? It started in March 2019 and it ended in March 2020 due to lockdown. Yeah. And then I lost the venue. Oh, shit. Is that? Well, I didn't lose. Well, they they probably would have kept me there eventually, but they they had to keep a restaurant running. Was that the barbecue place? Yeah, it's a barbecue place. (laughs) Uh, Is it, um, what should you call it? Um, Bluegrass. Bluegrass, because they've got um, they've got one in High Wickham as well. They've got one in. Well, that was the other thing. I was going to franchise it. Really? So I had plans. Yeah, I had scheduled a a second Mates Rates comedy in Windsor, mm-hmm. and I was going to have a I was going to have a Sunday afternoon franchise uh, in okay. in different towns in Berkshire. Oh, lovely! You, I mean, if you'd have gone to if you'd have done Windsor, you'd have had to speak to. Um, Simon Owens, he's got another good, he's got a good there. He, he was going to work with me on it. Really? Oh, so, so I had this whole plan where Matt, Matt Early and Simon, I get very, I'm very well with. Yeah, um, Matt, uh, yeah, do you know what, they're two diamond geezers, absolutely. Yeah, and they're serious as well, serious yeah. promoters. 
Oh yeah, and do you know what? It's paid off. So well, so far it's paid off. I mean, like no one's really doing that well at the moment. But pre-lockdown and pre-COVID, they were doing phenomenally well. Yeah, but they keep. I mean, they're keeping it going, and yeah, they're they're just they're just serious and they're serious about promoting. And we yeah, we share a lot of. We talk about different ways we promote our shows. Uh, so I mean, I don't talk to Matt. I don't talk to Simon so much because he doesn't have Facebook. But Matt, it's Matt. Matt got, yeah, Matt. He's got. the man. Yeah, I might actually have. I might speak to you a little bit after this about. Well, not maybe not straight after this, but at some point about promotion and stuff. He's good. He know, he's got lots of good ideas. Not you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> oh me. Oh me. Oh sorry. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that after. I won't. I won't broadcast them. I won't give away all my secrets live and air. No. no. Um, because I think that on the London scene, whilst it's great and it's really expensive and that, that's the <laughs> one thing that is. I think that's the one thing that is really missing from it. I think that a lot of the. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's a lot we can learn from outside of London gigs. I mean, it is it is easier to a certain extent because there's less competition. Yeah, but it it seems like a lot of the gigs in London, no no one wants to be boring. No one wants and to. Do, no one wants to like make a mailing list and you know schedule posts mm-hmm. and think about what they can do with Facebook advertising and do all yeah. do all of that stuff. Yeah. It, it seems to be very much we'll build it and they'll come attitude. Yeah. Um, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But it, I think I wish I've, I wish people would treat it more like a business. Yeah. And even if it not. isn't a business. Well, it is a business. We're trying to earn money from it. Yeah. Not, I mean, not, not everyone is, but even if you're not, you should still treat it, you know, treat it seriously and try and create some money for people. Even if it's like 50 pounds, if you're paying someone 50 pounds on a Tuesday, you've, you've, you're a hero. Yeah. So, how did you go for? How long did it take you to go from act to thinking? Yeah, I can start my own night. Yeah, I mean, I still am an act. I mean, but at the I mean, moment, yeah. I'm def I'm definitely leaning on the promoting more at the moment, um, yeah. because of the the nature of the beast. But uh, it it was about well, it was about a year, which is quite early actually, isn't it? But no, like I've well, in a way, yeah, it is a bit early. But at the same time, that was. It's a sm- it's a really smart thing to do in that space of time. Yeah, and Rodders Rodders really encouraged me as well. So I I volunteered. I volunteered. Sounds like I I'm earning volunteer talking hours. <laughs> I help I help Rodders with his gig. So I was, I started off as a regular at Rodders' gig, stand and deliver, very yeah. good gig in Reading, and um, we became friends. And then I started helping him on the door. Yeah. So and I still I mean I still continue to do that right up until until. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, and similarly, he so we have an agreement where he'll he'll help me in my door if I need people, and I'll help him on his, and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and with Carl, I mean, I started and it's had a similar, I had a different arrangement with Carl. Where do you know Meetup? Meetup, yeah, I do know Meetup. Yeah. So we we basically run the Reading Comedy Meetup group, and we would run meetups to each other's shows. Okay. So there's a lot of cooperations with other gigs. Um, but yeah, from I, I started helping out Rodders' show. And then uh, that Rodders are very encouraging. And then once you have a clear vision for what you want to do, mm. it just becomes about, you know, you, you say, are we going to do this? Yeah, let's do it and make it serious. 
Hmm. Was where? How did you find telling your parents that you were a part that you wanted to go to stand up on it? That's a good question. Or, or did they not know? <laughs> have you, have you, have I just didn't tell them. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I live with them. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I don't live. I don't live with them. I haven't lived with them since uh, twenty, like twenty. No, since two thousand and nine. Really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to uni and uh, and then graduated. Okay. Not two thousand nine, two thousand eleven. I didn't leave the house at fifteen. <laughs> um, we I, I went to uni and then got dropped straight out of uni and then I've just lived independently ever since. So um, it's not like I need to run my decisions past them. No. But what was their res- what was their response when you told them? They, they went, do you out. think you're funny? And I went, yes. <laughs> and they went, all right. <laughs> they're, they're just happy that I'm not doing communism anymore, though. <laughs> so for most, pe- for most people, like, becoming stand-up comedy is, like, a difficult conversation where they're yeah. like, you're, you're, not, you're not doing that. This seems yeah. more healthy. So could yeah. whatever, dude. <laughs> so we're gonna, let's touch on that then, I guess. Like, what kind of headspace... Did, were you in to kind of go really on into communism to be uh, to be for that to be fully immersed in communism at such a young age? Well, I was a uh, I'm one of those people who was like a Christian uh, growing up, and then you, and then you you get older, and then you you uh, you switch. Okay. Uh, and then and then, but you still want to get the same meaning out of the belief system, so yeah. you just read different books and adopt that belief system. Ooh. And have a different reason to shout at people. Mm. So, what kind of things did you kind of get up to? Was it like a big group of you, or was it like what? Uh, well, I chaired my labour society at university, so I never was. I say you're doing communism. I'm being a bit, uh, bit facetious. I never was like a part of a communist party or anything. But I was pretty into the left wing political stuff. So, like the socialist work or and that kind of stuff. Never, no, never joined them. Never joined okay. them. Always, I was just a labour activist. Good man. <laughs> Like Corbynista before Corbyn was around, basically. Okay. Right. But, um, but no, I did. I mean, I did some good stuff. I was part of the, me and my union. We, we um, I, I spent some time hanging outside uh, Deliveroo kitchens, trying to get them to join the union. Okay. We got some members. Okay. Um, most of the most of them speak English as a second language. That's okay. So when this middle class person comes up and says, "Do you want to join the union?" They're just like, "Just, just go away." <laughs> <laughs> But some of them get it. Some of them get that what we're doing is really, uh, you know, they appreciate it. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, I mean, those, those, particularly those. Um, I don't want to get too bogged down in this, but, but the, particularly the small grassroots unions, like the, uh, you know, that the industrial workers of the uh, industrial workers, well, the in, independent international workers of Great Britain. There's too many abbreviations. This they're they're doing a lot of good work. United Voice of the World are doing a lot of good work. So, but, what do you think of the? Okay, what do you think about split? Uh, do you know, I was going to say, what do you think about no, fuck that, forget that. So yeah, let's not get, let's not dive into it. But anyway, I don't do that. That part of my life is over, basically. Good. Uh, but uh, I mean, and I don't think all of it was bad, but it, it makes you a very intense person. Yeah. Uh, uh, like when you're the guy who's just coming to a party, and then you meet a stranger, and you're like, so Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> You can only be that guy for so many years before you're just lost to the world, right? Guys, you made it through part one, so why don't you click up and go to part two for the rest of this conversation. See you there.